Hello, I'm Elizabeth, an obsessive backyard gardener who might be able to offer you a couple of tips. And I'm Keith, a landscape consultant, and I'm also passionate about gardening. The one thing we both have in common is muddy muddy boots. boots. Keith and I thought we might spend today's podcast talking about our vegetable gardens. And when I say our vegetable gardens, I really mean Keith's, because mine only takes up a small area of our garden, whereas Keith's entire back garden is made up of an incredible edible garden, which is chock-a-block full of delicious fruits and vegetables. We're going to talk about what's happening now in the garden, being early October and being in Melbourne, what's recently been planted, what maintenance is being done, ongoing, and also to prepare for summer, and what seeds and seedlings are being purchased and prepared for summer growing and harvesting. So Keith, my veggie garden is about to be stripped of its winter vegetables, which are just finishing now, and then I'll toss over some new Clyde compost, some biochar, manash rock dust and Charlie carp fertiliser to revitalise the soil. That's all right. So the only things actively growing are some sweet peas at the back of the bed. Perhaps we should concentrate mostly on your fabulous garden, which I know is very busy. It is busy, busy, busy. But, you know, it's... um it's got to be busy because that keeps you know us in food us and all fed. the rest of us and veggies and everything else. That's right. So, um, what's going on? Right. Well, Tell I, us. We're, we're coming towards the end of our um, broccoli now, so they're just about finished. Yep. Uh, a lot of them are going to seed, so they're uh, in the beds that they're in. They're about to be pulled out. Yep. Um, we had a whole bed full of lettuce. They've all come out. Oh, have they? Yeah, they've they're finished. They're finished. But we were clever enough to um, have a successional. Uh, planting, planting and they're, they're now in, in the ground in another section of the of the garden beds mm-hmm. um, and of course we've got the celery going which which is up the very back and that is you know absolutely brilliant because we only harvest what we need we just go and break off the the stems that we are going to be cooking with okay. we don't pull out the whole plant and cut it off and then chuck it out later on so the celery keeps growing so when does it start when does it start Showing itself? When is the it celery? edible? When is it ready to be eaten? Yeah. Well, it's, 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 well we're, we're eating it now, but we probably planted that up about uh, about two and a half months ago. Okay. And that'll keep going until when? Well, it'll, go, it'll, it'll keep on going all the way through summer. Oh, so we'll that's have that, fantastic. So we'll have that there all the time. Hope you like celery. And, of course, celery. the grandkids just absolutely adore it. They'll, they'll, they'll just go and pick a stick and just Chuck it in. eat Chew. it like you wouldn't believe. Yeah, they just adore it. Fantastic. Now, do you plant purely for edible purpose, purposes? Are there any specifically medicinal plants in your garden? Well, there is there is one medicinal plant, and that was the one that we picked up from the edible forest. Yes, which we'll talk about, yes. Which we can talk about a bit later on. Yes. Um, and Leslie's because she's got a little bit of back pain and sciatica, she's actually in her second week of taking two leaves a day of that particular plant, which is called... You remember what it's called? Oh, yeah, I can see it out in the porch, but I can't remember the name. You'll have to remind me. Yeah. Do you remember? No, I don't remember either. <laughs> got Chola or something well, else like that. Yeah, something. <laughs> I was too, uh, my eyesight's not that good to read the no. label, so I can't remember, but so it's, it's amazing. It's, yeah, so it's, it's simply a, a, a ripper for um, controlling pain. I know. If, if it is, it's incredible. We're going to have to do a whole podcast on that if it really does work. We'll have to let Leslie, get Leslie to let us know because that would be amazing. Okay, so do you rotate your crops every year? What, what, how does that go? Yes and no. Okay. Um, I, I don't rotate my crops because I have um, beds that, that I put a lot of work into and a lot of compost. So I've got beds that the tomatoes are all sitting ready to go and they're only a, only a, a few a couple of weeks off um, going into the into those beds. Yep. But those beds have been resting yes. now for probably nearly five, six weeks. 
So once the once the broccoli or the brassicas were all pulled out there, the collies and the, you know the broccoli and, and mm, all that, the, the cabbages stuff. were all pulled out, yep. which are heavy feeders. Yep. Those beds were added two two bags of Clyde compost per bed, which is about uh, two and a half square meters, yep. three three square meters. Yep. All rotary hoed in. Yes. And then we added uh, gigantic and mix that into the into the soil. Yeah. Rock dust as well. Can I just stop you for a second? Yep. Why gigantic? I noticed you're talking about gigantic a bit at the moment because that's obviously that's not specific, but it's it's really for citrus to a great degree. It is. And it's obviously you're using it because I haven't noticed you're using it until lately. On um, your vegetables as well. I'm using it on all those beds. because it, it's a, it is a good balanced fertiliser, and that's ah. the, that's the reason I like it. It's, it's got a terrific balance of lots of things. And you've been putting it on your hedges too. I've been putting on which hedge? The one at the front that's gone? Not that one. No, not that one. <laughs> no, I've noticed you were putting it on some of your back hedges as well. Yeah, so, so I've done the back hedges and also done the lawn as well with it as well. Okay. You know? Are so gigantic? Wow, you're gigantic. Yeah. Um, you've got to everything. just change things up a little bit, a little bit like us. We keep on needing the same sort of stuff. It just you, you, you know, your garden gets a bit used to it, so it, it's good it to, give it a, to give it a bit of shock. So, so then over the top of those beds, I've, I've done our favourite mulch, which is who flung dung. It is, um, and then those beds have been allowed to rest. So therefore, if I was to go and dig those up after five weeks, just go and dig a small section up, it'd be chock a block full of worms, okay, microbes and worms, and it'll be just. Going gangbusters yeah. once the, the tomatoes go in. So you don't need to rotate because you're giving it all that time I'm to rest. I'm putting everything back into that soil yeah. that was previously taken out yeah. plus a little bit more. Okay. And the rock dust does a big thing yes. for that. If, you, yes. if you're using rock dust on a regular basis, you don't need to rotate your crops you because you're putting in those elements that those plants probably never had before mm-hmm. in their lives. Okay. Or the right. soil hasn't had. Sorry to interrupt again, but leaving it for five weeks? or Because I'm going to let mine rest, but it may not be quite that long. Is that going to be a problem? No, it's not, because you're going to be putting in as much of the good stuff in, into that into that soil as well. Okay. But I'm just... I, I try to leave mine to rest for as long as possible. So it's going to be probably about seven weeks before of resting before the, the tomatoes go into that. Fantastic. Because they're heavy feeders. Okay, that's fantastic. Yeah. So the next thing I'll do... Um, as part of my, the, the spring and summer jobs, is I will before those tomatoes will go into that soil, I will test the soil pH. Yes. So I'll, I will make sure that that soil pH is sitting at seven, not yes. six or eight or whatever, but sitting at seven, and I'll adjust it accordingly to bring it to that particular pH. So if it's sitting on seven and a half, you will. I will. Well, I, I will probably use more microbes than than um, than going for flowers of sulphur because. Adding flowers of sulphur, which will bring the pH down, mm-hmm. requires um, microbes to, to, to react with it, to turn that flowers of sulphur into sulfuric acid, right. which then will, will decrease the, 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 uh, the pH of the soil down. Mm-hmm. But that can take six to eight to ten weeks too. Ah. So by adding microbes into that soil, I'll, hopefully I'll, it'll pull that down um, you know, if, it, if it is high, but I don't think it's going to be high. And what do you mean by microbes? What are you going to Go-go add? juice. Uh-huh. Or wormwe, yep, is another great one. Yep, um, you know, so just something okay. organic that's full of full of um, you know natural goodies. Okay, fantastic. Can we go on to your hot house? What are you doing in the hot house? What seedlings are growing, and what are you preparing ahead for planting through summer? Apart from the tomatoes. Okay, so in in the in this hot house at the moment, one half of the the hot house is full of. Tomatoes, which yep. are, are all going gangbusters, they're growing like you wouldn't believe. Fantastic. But the other half of the hot house has now got baby sunbeams growing in it, mm-hmm. um, and we've planted those early, and we plant them into paper pots yes. that we make. Yes. And then once they're up, then they'll go into the ground. We've got zucchini, 
yes. which is, is also up and germinated since uh, Sunday afternoon. All, <laughs> afternoon yeah. specifically, afternoon. Yeah, Sunday yep. afternoon, they're all up. Fantastic. Um, and, of course, we've got cucumbers mm. all in there. So that, that's probably going to be about it for us, apart from the tomatoes and the lettuce and the celery. Um, you know, that, that's, that's going to be about us. That's enough to keep you going. That's going to be plenty, of, you know, to, to ensure that we're going to be basically self-sufficient for like, the whole of the summer. Oh, isn't that fantastic. Um, the zucchini, we've got some varieties which are called Space Master. <laughs> Why? Because they, 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 they don't take up a great big area, uh. so they're about the size of a, um, an old wagon wheel. Oh. Lying down on the ground, so that's oh, it. So they don't I'm thinking of the chocolate wagon wheel. You mean no, a real wagon wheel? I know you're always thinking about chocolate wagon. <laughs> the <wheels>. real wagon <laughs> wheel. What? So yeah, about the size of a wagon wheel. So wow. it's and they're flat. You know, yeah. So they're not they're not climbing. Okay, okay, okay. Z- zucchinis we'll put on on tripods and we'll climb those up. Lovely. Um, and and the other varieties of zucchini and also the cucumbers. They'll also go on tripods. And we'll just place those in other parts of the garden, in amongst the fruit trees. So that should look quite spectacular. That sounds fantastic. Are you making your own tripods? No, I've got some metal ones which I, I bring out, you know, year in, year in, year out. Ah, yes. Um, they're, they're ornamental tripods. Right. But um, Where know, can we get those, Keith? Well, I had them. I, I picked them up uh, from a, an arts place up in Red Hill. Ah, okay. So, they're, you know, they're quite a, an unusual-looking thing. Quite an ornate. An ornate. Thing. But um, if you got on the website of uh, FD Ryan, yes. they, would have, they will have tripods and obelisks. They do these some very attractive-looking things. They have some fabulous yep, products. Yep, okay. All right. What maintenance should we all be doing in our vegetable patches at this time of the year, being the beginning of October? What should we be fertilising to start with? All right, yep. What should we be doing? Composting. Mulching. Yes. Getting the fertilisers in there. Even if you're using organic fertilisers, such as Gigantic or um, Sudden Impact for Roses or Charlie Carp or Rooster Booster, you really need those to get into the soil and be broken down by the microbes and pulled down to where the roots are going to be when those roots get into the soil. Okay. And we need to do that now. It's got to be done now. You can't go putting a plant in and then giving it a dressing of of an organic fertiliser because it ain't going to work. No, no. Straight away. Yeah, exactly. What about pest control? Well, pest control. Pest control. How are we... How do we deal with that? There are so many pests out there. That, that your favourite white Butterfly. cabbage, well, yeah. cabbage well, moth. What, yes. What, what we do there to to eliminate the problem there is we remove the brassicas that they're going to be feeding on. So we've already we've already got a freezer full of of Brussels sprouts, Butterflies. of broccoli ah. already. So we've already grown all those crops, and as I said, they're now coming to the end. They're all yeah. starting to flower. And they'll be pulled out. And we won't have to worry about those. So the cabbage moss isn't, isn't interested in any of those other vegetables. It's no, really the brassicas. It's the brassica right. family that it's interested in. Ah, just. Oh, that's good to know. Yeah. I didn't realise that. So we don't exactly. have to worry about that. Okay, well, what else, though? What else? What other pests? Well, we, what should we be doing? Okay, so if, you, if you're concerned about pest disease, you, you, you need to take what is classified as not a curative process, but a preventative process. So you're always out and looking. Mm. Um, I had a uh, I, we, I had a, an email with some pictures from a, a, a great photographer friend of yours, Johnny Warren. Oh yeah, yep. I know and he John. sent me through pictures of, of. He said, "What the hell's what the hell's getting on my my, my uh, nectarine leaves?" And it was bloody black aphids. Mm. So um, and I said, "Well, can I get some eco oil and eco neem out and go and spray those?" So I always have. A, a, you know, a, a bottle of eco neem with Spray. eco oil mixed up, ready, just sitting there waiting. And you always go out the garden 
have a wander around and be observant. Mm-hmm. And then you'll see the problems. Yes. Uh, and then and then get you onto that. it. You know? So that spray is really good. The, the combination of those two sprays, those it's two for anything. products in a spray bottle is fantastic for everything. Everything that's Almost chewing everything. and sucking. Okay. That is very, very good to know. Plant staking is something else we need. It is very important. You were talking about your tripods, so yep. obviously tomatoes, beans, all those sort of things need to be ready to be staked. Yep. And it's probably good to get that, those stakes in before you plant them so you don't go putting them in late and then digging into a root. That's right. Okay. So I, for my tomatoes, I've got all tomato cages. Yep. And they're all heavy, heavy steroided varieties, so they're 1.8 metres tall. That's all. So they're big, they're big cages already. <laughs> Very tall. <clears throat> and, you know, and, and we, we're going to be planting probably maybe up to 50 tomato plants in, in that backyard. Wow. They're going to look fantastic. Yeah. I remember last year using bamboo poles and spending probably hours, I think, tying string around bamboo poles. I think I need some of your steaks or some yeah. like yours. Yeah, Where are we going to get them, to, Keith? <laughs> um, you can actually um, ring Ricet and ask who, who the, the closest distributor right. to, to anyone that, that wants those, those um, large uh, tomato trainers. So ring them and ask who, who's the local, local um, you know, supplier in your area. Yep. So um, just Google Ricet, give yep. them a ring. Good idea. Okay, we've talked about composting. We've talked about mulching. That's very important. Uh, worm farm. Worm wee you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Now, you have a worm farm, I don't do. you? I yep. don't. But you are promoting them quite a bit because they are. You have been lately because they are so fantastic they for are, the soil. Uh, all our all our compost goes into the into the into the worm farms. So we we have a bucket in the kitchen, mm-hmm. uh, just a little bucket, and uh, all our all our um, green scraps go into that bucket. And then once the bucket's full, they go out into the into the worm farm. And we tried. I try to put the the stuff that's on the bottom on top of the stuff that's already there in the worm farm to start off with. So and the reason for that is is that the stuff at the bottom is already is already being attacked by the microbes and being turned into food a food source for your worms. Uh-huh. So by putting that on first, mm. you're already providing a, a ready a ready uh, uh, available food for those uh, for those worms. Okay. And if you can, if you don't have a worm farm or you don't think you've got the time to deal with the worm farm, you can actually buy worm wee in certain places, can't you? You can. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And and I've just done a um, made some slow release fertilizer with uh, using worm wee with with uh, biochar and uh, another one with uh, zeolite. Mm. Um, biochar you can you can purchase from Char Man. Mm-hmm. Um, you can Google him. Yep. Um, or if anyone wants wants his name they can always you know direct mail us or whatever That's exactly contact right. us and we can give you the number easily contactable we are or you are and i am as well so i'll just tell them to bring you yeah. with the good rain we've been having how often are you watering your veggie patch right now um i'm not watering at all at the moment okay i'm watering the seedlings because seedlings are in pots mm. and that's all free draining potting mix so i need to be making sure that i'm on top of you know giving water to, uh, to those fellas. Okay, fantastic. Is there any pruning that needs to be done? Is it time to get that girdling knife out? Um, yes, the girdling knife is a, is a fabulous knife for, for uh, your fruit trees. Yes. <clears throat> Sometimes people are a little bit hesitant to try it. Yep. But um, all you need to do is, it's a special knife that's got a, a, it's got a return on it. So it's not like a, just a blade. Yep. It's, a, it's a, a full knife that goes all the way around. Yep. And you just take off um, the bark that is on around a tree, and that stops a lot of the, the goodness going to leaf, and it goes then into the fruit. Okay. All right. Okay. My apple tree that I pruned heavily again yep. last year has just started to show some a little bit of a leaf. 
Mm-hmm. Does that mean I flowers? should be and a little? I think probably one or two flowers. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> so does that mean I have to get the girdling knife out? No, or not you, yet. Wait a no, bit. No, no. You've got to make sure you've got fruit happening before you use the girdling. Oh, knife. Oh, thank you for telling me all that. Right, I would so have ruined the tree. We don't go all. doing anything with the girdling knife until we've got fruit. Oh, yep. I thought it was flowers. Okay, no. okay, okay. All right. Uh, we'll also need to think about getting the nets out for our fruit trees. Not yet, but that's something that we need to consider for as soon as the fruit does yes, arrive. Well, I, have a, I have an early Moor Park apricot on the tree, which is now in full leaf, and the apricots are about the size of a marble. And I was sitting in, the, in, in my uh, office the other day looking out, and there landed a couple of rainbow Laura creeps. <laughs> and they were, they were having a look at the fruit. So I'm going to have to net that very soon because otherwise, they'll, they even even though they're, they're nowhere near being ripe, they'll try to just to see if there's any flavour in them and give them a, a gouge. They've had a bit of a thing. So yeah, so it, <laughs> it, the time is, and and of course, last year um, we we had a, a plum tree, a satsuma plum tree, but we lost nearly all the fruit Ooh. because of wind. Oh. Now October is our windy yeah. month here in Victoria, mm. so. It's a great time once the fruit have set, so they're only little tiny things, is then to net them because that netting will provide a little protection yes, against the wind. Very true. That's a very good um, comment. Thank you very much for that. Uh, now is probably also a good time to think about purchasing shade covers for protection of our more vulnerable summer crops yep. as well, isn't it? Yeah. And so, so very soon the, the my little hothouse will have a shade cloth cover over the top of it fabulous. because it will get too hot. In summer, yeah, right. So the shade cloth will go over that, um, so we can continue growing, you know, some more produce in there. But it won't have the direct sunlight, you know, on there, and the door will be open. So jolly good idea circulation through it. But any other vulnerable plants that you you might have, yeah, great. Put a shade cloth over. Yep, yep. Now (laughs) we taught you. You mentioned the edible forest. Uh, We recently visited this magnificent edible garden at the Arrow Valley Estate. It was absolutely incredible. Did you pick up any new tips or new ideas for your garden while we were out there? Um, Yeah, there was. Look, there was some. She had a wonderful range of, of you know, exotic plants that, that I hadn't personally tried before and some old ones that we actually did try and, you know, they're sort of just in the back of my mind, well, I must give that a go. And they were the Cape Gooseberries. Do you remember those? Yeah, um, yes. I mean, there's a lot of – yeah, I do. I do remember that that leaf around the – Yeah, the, the, the ball. Yeah, the little, yes. Yeah, the ball in, the inside, of, yes, the, inside the, the little the, lantern. The, it looked like a – yeah, it did. That's right. Like they were a, beautiful. Did, did. Yes. Absolutely gorgeous. So you think you might try them again? So I might give those a go again. Um, and, and she had some, you know, like, well, the, the, uh, that, that herb that we that can't remember what plant. it was. We're going to stick it in as well. I should run over and have a look, but I won't. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you'll, be, you'll be sitting here listening to nothing. Yeah, yeah there was some, it was an amazing, it was an amazing experience, really. And, you know, anyone, as I think I said, we said on the video, should really give it a visit because it's just some great what ideas. A great day me. out. Yeah, yeah. Can you think of anything else we need to suggest? Yes. So when we get into summer, we're going to have some fruit that, are, that will be on the trees that will actually be harvesting. And those, those fruits will be apricots, mm-hmm. nectarines, and early peaches. Now, once you've, pruned, once you've had your, your, your pick of those fruit, which, are, which will be you know, midsummer, mm. that is a great time then to prune those trees back. So you prune after you have picked the fruit. Yep. Uh, and your reason you do that is because when you prune back to where you where the fruit was in summer, it will then grow the next lot of wood that will produce the fruit for next, next year. year. Yes. So think about that. So when you're outside, you know, harvesting your your, uh, your 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 peaches and your nectarines and your apricots and your cherries, mm-hmm. 
think mm. about then, hey, listen, this is a great time to actually prune those back. So prune them back to where you've harvested the fruit off and that will then allow that regrowth to come on. And then, you know, go you're berserk gonna, next you're year. You've done a job done. Yep, fantastic. Don't have to worry about doing it in winter and then not, not getting fruit the following year. That would Summer be a waste, complete waste. Fantastic. Thank you, Keith. So we hope this conversation has provided some helpful advice to other fruit and vegetable home gardeners out there as we move through spring and into the summer season. And if there's something that you, you think we have forgotten or if you have any questions about your veggie patch, please send us a message via our Muddy Boots podcast Instagram page or email me at gardengirl at aussiemail.com.au and we will add it to our next Q&A session, which is coming up soon. Thank you for listening to Muddy Boots. For more information on today's podcast, please go to muddyboots.net.au and happy gardening.